And we're back with our Encounter with God section where we are studying the life of Paul. And before we get into the life of Paul, actually, Monica is here waving the quiz in my face, reminding mm-hmm. me, we need to get back to the quiz mm-hmm. because nobody has answered the quiz question yet. Maybe you, it's harder than you thought. You seem to think this one's really easy. This is a totally easy quiz question. Come on, guys, give us a call. Give us a text. Send us a message with your answer and we've got a free um, album coming away. It's, I'm going to give you the third clue. So this is a geographical quiz. So this, the question is, what city am I? Mm-hmm. Number one was, the man who rebuilt the foundations of this city did so at the cost of his firstborn son. Clue two was, this is where Jesus met Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. And clue three is, this was the first city taken by Israel after they crossed the Jordan. Okay, this is going to be easier now. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah. We're yeah, getting that's there. A, that's very easy. The first, the first city taken by Israel after they crossed the Jordan mm-hmm. is, um, yeah, come on. You know, you all know the answer to this one. All right, well, how, how, how do they get in contact with us and uh, give us the answer there? They Mon? can give us a call. Our number is 1-800-324-843 or they can text us on 0491-064669 or they can just message us on our Facebook page. And, of course, uh, did you know that one that 1-800 number is actually 1-800-FAITH-FM? Oh, it is. Yeah, you just that makes it so much what the easier to remember. You just type it out on your phone. Oh, nice. One eight hundred Faith FM. There you go. All um, right, so give us a call. Um, you've got the details. Something free coming your way if you can answer this morning's quiz question. Okay, so let's go to Acts chapter eleven. And Mon, could you read for us first twenty through twenty six? I sure can. Acts eleven, twenty two to twenty six uh, says twenty to twenty six. Twenty to twenty six. Yeah. Six verses. But there was sorry, but there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the, the Lord Greeks. Jesus. In other words, Greeks, yep, yeah, Hellenists are Greeks. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. There you go. So we've got our first Christian church being formed there in the city of Antioch. Now, what I find fascinating about this particular passage is that Barnabas is sent to Antioch from Jerusalem, so the headquarters of the church is in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. He's sent there to pastor this new church that is you know, becoming a Christian church. He arrives there, and rather than pastoring his church, um, he takes some time off and heads away to Tarsus. Ditches his church and heads off like, to Tarsus. Like a holiday? Yeah, well, to find Paul and to bring him back, and then they form this partnership. Now, before we get further into that, we have a caller who's coming from the Ooh, quiz. Oh, yes. And uh, Mary Ann, are you there? Hello. I sure am. Wow, wonderful. Welcome to the show, Mary Ann. Do you have an answer to our quiz? Mary Ann, of course, is calling us from the uh, Central Coast. The answer is Jericho. The answer yes, is Jericho. Is. Well done, Marianne. Congratulations. We will be sending yeah. you an album from Melissa Otto, the one that's called The Journey Home. Well, congratulations. Oh, and 
Yes, and thank you so much for joining us on the quiz this morning. Well done, and we'll have. Don't go anywhere. The uh, the girls will get your details, and uh, we will send that out for you. Okay, so getting back to our um, study this morning, and uh, let me see, what were we talking about? We were talking holiday about holiday in Tarsus. Oh, the holiday in Tarsus. No, he wasn't going on a holiday <laughs> in Tarsus. No, 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 no. Um, he was off there to find Paul, um, who was Saul. Okay, it's seventy nine. Whoops, Marianne, we're still hanging out yeah. for our Bible study. Oh, she was. We nearly, we nearly got her address. Okay, now I just scary, want to say, um, you said Paul, but it's still written here as Saul, so okay, it still so hasn't changed. So where in the Bible exactly, like, I mean, I think there's several parts where Paul and Saul, it goes back and forth, because I feel like we've already met Paul, and now it's gone back to Saul again. Oh, I can't hear you very well. Okay, so we're having a uh, quite a technical challenge here at the moment. And uh, anyway, have we got our technical challenge sorted yet? I think we've got mostly sorted. I think the girls we, are looking we, confident we, back there. We, our we, producers we, are looking confident. We have a buzz in our ears still, but anyway, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, we'll move on from there. And uh, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think we've got that one uh, solved. Where are we up to? We are up to... Uh, this passage in Galatians where... That's right. Okay, so it goes off. Let's try this for like the fourth time, Mon. For the fourth time, Lucky. You never know. He goes off to Tarsus. <laughs> he finds Paul. Now, what has Paul been doing all this time? Uh, Why did Paul go home really to Tarsus? I, I don't know. Was he, I don't know. I think a lot of people, when they get converted, do they want to share with their family? Maybe he was going to share with his family. This is an interesting story and one that is often skipped over in the Bible. When we, we always assume that Paul was converted in, in uh, Damascus with Ananias, went to Jerusalem, met with the disciples, and uh, then just went out and started preaching. That's not actually what happened. What happened? Galatians chapter 1 tells the story. Mm-hmm. Beginning in verse 15, it says, But even before I was born, this is Paul speaking, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me. That was Jesus on the road to Damascus. So that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. That's his calling. So Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus and says, your job is to take the gospel to the Gentiles. When this this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, instead, I went away into Arabia. So this is interesting. Arabia. Yes. Okay. Okay, so he's converted. And rather than going to uh, the disciples and uh, like, yeah, here I am. I'm going to be the new great hero. He goes away into Arabia. So what's he doing in Arabia? It it continues on. It says, after that, um, and later I turned to the city of Damascus. And three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter. And stayed with him for 15 days. So you've got a three-year gap here. That's a long time to be just Saul, Paul, Saul slash Paul, has disappeared into Arabia for a period of three years and then come back to Damascus and then gone to see Peter. So what's he doing during this time period? Is he studying the Bible? Yeah, this is, this is what I believe is taking place. Oh. You see, it was such a dramatic conversion experience and such a massive turnaround and he would have had. had to unlearn a bunch of stuff that yeah. he'd learned. Yeah. He's just gone, you know what? I need some time out. Mm-hmm. I can't handle this. You know, he's, he's had his conversion experience. He met briefly with the apostles in Jerusalem. Um, but this is a situation that has completely 
destroyed the life that he had to that point. So he is a young man who is aspiring to be one of the greatest lawyers uh, that, um, that, that the nation of Judah will ever have. He is, he is a rising star. He becomes a persecutor of Christians. He is zealous. He is on fire for what he's doing and 100% dedicated and sincerely wrong. And then, of course, he, uh, he, he, he has a conversion experience and has to take a 180-degree different direction. His whole life collapses. All of the support that he had in Jerusalem, all of his friends are now gone. He's got none. The disciples, they don't really trust him that much uh, because he's been the great persecutor. They're like, yeah, this is good. You know, We hope this is good. Um, but you know, his life has collapsed around him, and he needs to take some time out. And so he takes some time out. He heads to the deserts of Arabia. He spends three years there relearning everything. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And so as, re- as he's relearning everything there in the deserts of Arabia, he is preparing himself for an entirely new ministry. Okay. I'm really, I mean, I feel like I need time out often. In fact, I need time out every day. Yeah. Every day we need to go back to the wilderness. You were talking about this. I was. During the, during the break. I you was. were talking about this during that last song. I was wondering if there was some way that we as radio hosts could inspire our audience to do just one thing. And that being just to spend um, one hour every day with God, like an hour of power, just just one hour every day. I know it can be difficult to carve that time out, but it's just a, it's actually like when you look at percentage wise, it's just a tiny percentage of your day, just one hour. I mean, after all, your kids are spending nine and a half hours on, on the their screen, screens, and how much day. do we spend on our screens? Like even when we just go to the toilet, you were telling me you pick up your phone with and take it with you. Sorry, that was pretty. Did I say that? But you know, too much information. But Paul went. Paul went to the the wilderness of Arabia for three years, three years straight yeah. um, to study his Bible and, and, you know, and get it right in his head and in his heart. And, um, you know, why can't we just spend like one hour? And I was trying, you know, if anyone has any ideas, how do we inspire you, our listener, mm. to commune with God, to go out in that wilderness, that little Arabia, And if you, and, you know, some people are like, one hour, seriously, an hour, a whole hour out of my day, mm. we'll split it in half. Yeah, split it in half. Do half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the evening. Exactly, yeah. And, and if you're struggling with uh, concentration during that period, you know why you struggle? Why? It's too much screen time. Too much, ooh. That's why you struggle with your concentration. Wow. You pick up a book, which is, uh, you know, the old, the old paper. The archaic way of the being. The old yeah. paper version, mm-hmm. hard copy, and uh, our, our brains don't really handle it that well these days because of too much screen time. Wow. So we I need to d- reduce the screen time and increase the God time. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. I just wonder, I wonder how different our lives would be, how different. Can you imagine if everybody on the planet, Lyle, everybody on the planet spent an hour with the Lord. Mm. Just one hour every day. How different this entire planet would be, mm-hmm. and they would all have this experience. I really believe we it. would definitely be solving the world's problems oh, with snowball fights. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a reality and not just some fantasy we were laughing yeah. about. And I, you know, I'm so. It was heart- an earlier news story for those who were. Yeah, tuning yeah in late. the Vatican's having a, a snowball fight right now. <laughs> but um, I'm, you know, I'm so I, I love the story about you know where where Paul talks about we were just reading there in Acts. Um, you know, how about how he had his conversion experience and the, and the Lord spoke to him and gave him that new purpose. And, you know, I spoke about this yesterday, but I really believe that, you know, when we give our lives over to God, he, he does do that for us. He gives mm. us a new direction. And he tells us what to do and where to go. And it's, 
that that purpose makes life so much richer for us. And maybe you as a listener would like to have some a new direction, new purpose in your life today. Maybe you feel like your life is lacking direction. Well, this is where you're going to find it. Turn to God's Word. Turn to God. Get on your knees in prayer. Spend that hour with God every day. And follow the example of the Apostle Paul who took time out mm. to relearn, to restudy, to refocus, and then of course he goes to Tarsus. That's where he's from. That's his home. That's his family, you know. And I can sort of see him in some ways turning up with his tail between his legs a little bit. Yeah, because his whole career that his family's been setting him up for is in tatters. Yeah, he's become one of the hated Christians, but he comes back on fire with a story to tell. You know, one of the sad thing is we don't hear about Paul's family. I wonder why. It seems that, you know, quite possibly his family just disowned you know, him or something? Didn't didn't uh, didn't buy into it. Maybe they didn't. We just they're not it's not recorded, but we don't we don't hear so much about it. Yeah, maybe there's no no purpose yeah. for us to hear about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay, so where are we up to? We are t- in uh, this story of Paul in the uh, Paul coming to Bar- Paul coming with Barnabas to begin his ministry. In Acts chapter 11. And the Bible says that Paul and Barnabas, they form a team and a partnership and they share the pastoring of this church for the next year. Now, this was a rather bold move on Barnabas's part because he knows about this guy, you know, Paul, Saul. He's bumped into him on occasions. Um, he knows he's over in Tarsus somewhere and he makes his decision to leave his church that he's pastoring, head over there and to get this guy because he has a hunch that this guy could do great things for God. And it works out. And you have Barnabas. Barnabas, you know, it seems to be a very, um, let me see, a very mild kind of a person, Mm. a very loving kind of a person. Paul seems to be more the energetic, on fire, fiery, evangelist Uh out there. And when you think about that, it really does make a perfect team. And I, do you know what? I, I was also just thinking, so I keep coming back to this, like, you know, what the Lord does for you and what we can see that he's done for Paul that he'll do for us. You know, he gave him this new partnership. He gave him new friends. He, you know, maybe he did lose his family and the Lord blessed him with, with Barnabas, with Barnabas' friendship and Barnabas' partnership. And that's, I mean, that was my experience when I became a Christian. You know, I lost a lot of my old friends, but the Lord blessed me with, with spiritual friends, with better friends who, who were interested in my, in my eternity, in my spiritual life. And, um, yeah, and I love seeing that this is... Um, Exactly what the Lord can do for us too. Now, we're going to turn to Acts 15, mm-hmm. and we are going to read verses 1 to 5. Okay, so it doesn't always it doesn't continue on just smoothly. This whole story isn't just smooth the whole way through. Mm-hmm. There is some conflict that comes we in, isn't there? can't expect smooth sailing. Yeah, wherever you get human beings, you are going to find conflict. Amen. And Sadly. Yes. So, we have uh, Acts chapter 15. Let's start reading. Read for us there in verse 1. Mon. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small discussion and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. Okay, so you've got the headquarters of the church at Jerusalem. You've got this first Christian church which has been formed in Antioch, or the first church where they were called Christians. So we'll call it the first Christian church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been formed in Antioch, and it's formed by Paul, Saul, 
doing what he is called to do, and that is to preach to the Gentiles. So Paul and Barnabas have been preaching to the Gentiles, and then the Jews come up to like, yes, they've got a great church happening up there in Antioch. Let's see what's going. See what's going on. They turn up there and they're like, oh, this is no good. We can't have this. We've got all these Gentiles worshiping here. They need to become Jews. They need to be circumcised. Mm. And it creates a really serious conflict because Paul and Barnabas are like, no, they don't need to be circumcised. They've given their lives to God. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, and do you know what? I think I just might be a bit squeamish to talk about on radio, but I just feel like that's a huge ask. I mean, sure, babies, when they're circumcised, fine. But when you have to circumcise an adult, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it is a big ask. But you've got to understand the culture of the day, particularly where the Jewish Christians still saw their religion as a form of Judaism. Okay. They did not see it as a different religion. This is this is they're, they're Jews, and this is Judaism, and this is Judaism that follows Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God. So not a religion, but more of a race. Yes. Okay. And so if you want to, okay, it's great for the gospel to go to the Gentiles. And yes, we have permission to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And Philip has been preaching in Samaria. And Peter has been preaching to Cornelius. And this you know, new experimental church has begun up there in Antioch. And you know, there's, so there's all these, these new things that are happening, and and uh, but th- that's all fine and good so long as they become Jews, because this is this is Judaism in their minds, mm-hmm. and they go up there and like, well, these people haven't become Jews yet. What what what's going on here? It's almost like as if we started up a church and and refused to baptize anybody. We would be saying, wait a minute. Why are you not baptizing these people? These people have become Christians. Why don't you baptize them? And 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 it's like, well, why haven't you brought them into the Jewish nation? Of course, circumcision being a sign of becoming a part of the Jewish nation. I'm sure there would have been Jews that would have been of the opinion that you can't even be brought into the Jewish nation to be born into it, right? Because if it was a race, how do you just like? Yeah, and I that's a really just, good question. Yeah. Um, Jesus talks about how that the Pharisees would um, cross from one side of the world to the other to to create a proselyte, which is a convert to Judaism. So converts obviously existed. Okay, we'll be right back with our part three. Right now we're going to take a break and listen to Carly Fletcher, Let There Be. Carly Fletcher, she's in this area, isn't she? We should get her in sometime. Maybe we should. Talk to her about her music. When God looked on eternity He saw you and he saw me and he said it's worth the risk to have you in my life what I want to
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM. We are doing our Encounter with God, our on-air Bible study, and we are studying Saul slash Paul, although we have definitely left Saul the baddie behind, and we are now firmly getting entrenched into Paul yeah, the so we went from chapter 11 to chapter 15 just like that. So somewhere in the middle of there, you'll find the last time that he's called Saul and the first time that he is called Paul. Mm. So where are we up to? We have conflict happening in Antioch between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians over the subject of circumcision. circumcision. Okay, so the Jewish Christians saw themselves, saw Christianity as being a Jewish religion and therefore if you wanted to be a part of it, you had to become a Jewish person and the way that you became a Jewish person was through the sign of circumcision. Such a weird thing to do. You want to be a Jew? Be circumcised. Like, they could have, I feel like there's been a thousand other things that could have just... I know, I know it was instituted in the beginning by God, but... Yeah, and it had very important hygienic yeah, reasons for yeah, it. Yeah, you know, for sure. Back in its day. Um, you, you've got a large community of people living in third world conditions. and Anyway, we won't go there. Let's talk about how they solved this disagreement. How many verses? Would you just read verse 1? We read verses 1 and 2, I think, okay, let's, of let's Acts read, 15. Let's read a few, few more. Um, because here we have the very first church council that was ever called. Okay, so yeah, read for us verse uh, 3 and 4. So, being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversation of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the, the brothers. Conversion of the Gentiles? Yeah, conversion on the. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I misheard you. Yep. Anyway, keep, going, keep going. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. Okay, so they've got some great testimonies to share as they're traveling down south to Jerusalem, and um, their testimonies really focus on the conversion of the Gentiles. When they get there, and I'll cut a bit of a long story short here for a moment, they have the first church council is convened, mm-hmm. and the leader of the Christian church, at this particular time was James. Okay. A lot of people think it was Peter. But it was James. It was actually James. Huh. And you can find here that um, he's the one who is leading out in the uh, the whole church council and everything that takes place um, as we work our way down through the passage. And so if you go to Acts chapter 15 and if you go down to, uh, let's see, verse 13. Would you like to read for us verse 13, please? After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Okay. Verse 13. Verse yeah. th- 13. So James is standing up and uh, he's saying, all right, this is, this is uh, what's going to happen. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted as it is written. So then he goes to quote from the book of Amos and uh, talk about how that um, God had spoken and prophesied about the conversion of the Gentiles and used the symbolism of the temple and the rebuilding of the temple to talk about the rebuilding of his church, the rebuilding of his people as a new and different church. Um, And then in verse 19, you have verse 19 for us. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God. Okay, so this is very important to understand the structure of the church at this particular time. Once again, you've got James who summarizes everything the council has talked about. So the council got together, they've all talked about it, they've studied it through in their Bibles backwards and forwards. James does this summary at this particular point, and it's James who is the leader of the church. It is not Peter who is the leader of the church, it is James. 
Uh, continuing on from there, we need to find out what it is that he uh, um, actually what what the summary of the of the church council is, and you find that in verse twenty. What have you got there? Verse twenty. Um, so this is just saying that you know, following on that, we should not trouble the Gentiles to turn to God um, with the circumcision, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. It's very interesting. I find this fascinating. It's very interesting. So here's a church council. James mm-hmm. is leading out in the church council, and really what they're discussing is what is it that is you know specifically Jewish. Mm-hmm. And applies to us as Jewish people. And what is it that is universal and applies to everybody? Yeah. So that's what you that's what your discussion is focused on. And so they've talked about circumcision. It's like, yeah, okay, this does not apply to Gentile people. This is not a requirement of Gentile people. This is this is a Jewish thing, and uh, and we'll keep that as a Jewish thing. However, there are things that he goes on to say that are universal. And he begins by saying, well, idolatry. Mm-hmm. Idolatry is universally wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, we all understand that. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's what the Bible says. Uh, continues on there, and it says, and fornication and adultery, sexual immorality, is universally wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's wrong for a Jewish person to do that. It is also wrong for a Gentile person to do that. And once again, we understand that. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very, very clear in the Bible. And uh, and as Christians today, universally, we would we would we would uphold that. Absolutely. Then it continues on from there, and from things strangled, and from blood. Eh, I, I I love this. <laughs> you know me. What is going on here, <laughs> Mon? What is going on here? So when I read this first, I was like, "This is fascinating to me because exactly what you just said." You know, the circumcision was you know a thing the Jews did, but then these to me spoke of things that you know not only the Gentiles need to do them, but even now we need to. I mean, who you know we we still need God to stay away put from a time idols. Limit on yeah, we still stay, stay away from idolatry. Stay away from sexual. The Jerusalem Council didn't say you know for the next fifty years we want them to do this. Yeah, and then after that they can like you know be impure and uh and partake of things they shouldn't be eating so this to me is a bit of what i guess we call our health message Mm -hmm. that you know the health principles that god has passed down has given to us through the bible so why did god say not to eat blood well, well, we can look at science now and look at all the different reasons not to eat blood or even to eat meat or even just animal products. That stuff will kill you. Mm-hmm. It's straight up cancerous. Yep. You've been to the doctor, you've been sick, and the doctor mm-hmm. takes a blood test, right? Yeah, and it tells you exactly what's wrong with you. Because the disease is, that's, if you want to find the disease in the body, you're going to find it in the blood. In so the blood. that's where it is. That's where it lives in your body. And if you want to transfer uh, it from one thing to another, just go eat blood. Just go eat blood. Yeah. It's very interesting that, you know, that should be. Is important and as permanent as uh, idolatry and sexual immorality. But I thought this whole thing of clean and unclean foods didn't begin until the time of Moses. Well, I'm not sure when it began, Lyle, but I can see right here that it, I, I can, can see it hasn't again. supposed to end. <laughs> I know a lot of people think it ended. Um, you know, oh, those are the old laws. We can chuck those out. But clearly not. No, absolutely. But the, the, the book of Acts makes it very, very clear that uh, the health message, God, God wants Gentiles to be just as healthy as he wants Jewish people to be healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. God never intended for there to be any disease or, or any blood issues whatsoever. Okay. So um, you're right, actually. We don't know when the health laws began. Okay. But we do know that by the time of Noah, they were there. 
Okay. And it was a long time before there were any Jewish people. And in Leviticus chapter 3 and verse 17, it says it will be a perpetual statute never to eat blood. Ooh. It's a bit morbid sounding, isn't it? Eat blood. It sounds kind of vampirish. Anyway, we're going to continue on with Hilary Scott and the Scott family. i 
God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
the boss just really yelled at me and said I was really performing badly and I just don't know whether I can handle that too much more. So now I'm starting to talk about my emotions and at this point I'm taking more of a risk because you might just really walk all over my emotions or you may actually treat them with respect. And in a great mutually satisfying relationship, you're going to treat each other what you share. You want to treat that with a great degree of respect, don't you? That's right. And then level five is, well, okay, so now you've been sharing that. Well, now let's be really honest. And let me say that couples should be this um, more often than not. You should be genuinely talking the truth with each other. You should be willing to actually go that way and to share what's really going on. So here's the thing, five different levels of communication, five different layers of gradually getting deeper and more intimate in conversation with your partner. Are you a level one communicator? More often than not, are you a level two or three? Do you find yourself struggling to get to level four or five? Well, let me say this. The quality of your relationship is going to be in large part driven by the quality of your communication with each other, your willingness to share your life with your partner. Uh, You're with Neil Thompson on Faith FM and Love Matters. Stick around. We've got plenty more coming up after this. There's a train coming Don't need no baggage And just to get on board All you need is faith Honey, the diesel You don't need no ticket, no, no Just thank the Lord To get on board All you need is something To hear the diesel humming You don't need no ticket Just thank the Lord And people get ready For the train to join It's picking up passengers From coast to Doors and bottom, this room for all wants to 
We will get ready. We will get ready. Come on, people. We will get ready. Oh, we will get ready. We will get ready. People get ready. We will get ready. Come out here, people. We will get ready. Oh, we will get ready. Just thank the Lord. We just thank the Lord. That was human nature. People get ready here on Faith FM, and we have come to the question of the day. And before we get to the question of the day. Mon, you had a question for our listeners the other day to help you with something, and apparently you've been getting some advice. Yes, I have been getting advice on how to become a morning person because y'all are a bunch of freaks, to be honest. How do you do this morning <laughs> thing? I'm struggling, I'm struggling. It's the best Today part of the, the day. day. What are you talking about? I'm the air is fresh sm- and clean. The sun is coming up. The it's birds dark are and awake. it's cold and it's miserable and I'm tired. So I did, I have been like, I threw myself into an icy cold pool at 5 a.m. in the morning. That kind of worked, but it did end up with a bit of a cold. Um, you know, the best one I had was... Uh, not to overthink it so stopping myself and thinking about how much I'm hating it actually kind of helps but I did just get one uh, to my Instagram mm. uh, they sent me a message and I'm, I'm actually I'm, I like the sound of this one but I'm trying, struggling on how to actually make it work so they said um, the key to go is going to bed early that's you know I understand that one but have something in your morning routine that you are in love with now first of all I'm single so there's no chance of like that kind of love but mm. the second thing I was thinking like the first thing that popped in my mind is like food but I don't want to be getting up at 5 a.m. being like, ooh, donuts and chocolate for breakfast. That's going to, that's going to um, be a disaster for your diet program I know, and your I health, know. Your health trying program. trying to lose there. 10 kilos before a wedding in September, for which I'm a bridesmaid uh, in Germany, funnily enough. But something in my morning routine that I love, I'm like, I don't know what. Well, we're gonna, you're going to have to work on that I over the next couple of days out. and then you'll need to let us know. Okay, so our question for today is this one. How can you recognize when God is calling you? Now, Mon, mm. how did you know that God was calling you to come and do radio ministry? Oh, man, I had a very distinct calling to this. I, uh, I had actually um, the opportunity to do this radio show had come up a couple of times, not um, you know to, to audition for it, and I had let it slide. And, um, and the opportunity came up again, and I, I had that niggling feeling that Christians often and know too well and I was lying in bed one morning praying and I said Lord you know if this is actually what you wanted me to do and I've been blocking it 
you need to open the door one last time because it's like shut a third again. time. Yeah, like a third or fourth a third time. time. Yeah. A fourth time. Yeah, it was yeah, a fourth time. A fourth time. And if you open that door, if you make a way, I, I won't hesitate this time. I'll throw myself at it. And I was still lying in bed half an hour later when the phone rang and it was you and you were like, Mon. <laughs> And I said, Lyle, stop talking. I'm on the plane right now to come up to Newcastle and you do were an in audition. Tasmania then. I was in Tasmania. For you had to leave the promised land to come up uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was a very, uh, very providential way. Okay, but God's calling isn't always that dramatic. Is it's it? not. It really isn't. You know, it, and, and so how do, in a less dramatic way, how do you recognise when God is calling? What 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 kind of things do you look for? Okay, so I often look at the talents that you know that you have, that mm-hmm. if people have told you, you know, from when you were young that you have a talent, you know, you need to cultivate that. And um, those are often the first, if you don't have a dramatic lightning bolt kind of call from God, start cultivating the talents that you know you have and pray and give them over to God and ask God to lead, um, you know, lead you where he wants to do that. And sometimes he calls us to do things that we think we don't even have a talent for, but mm-hmm. he gives us those talents. All our talents come from him. Mm-hmm. How would you know if God was leading you? You know, one of the first things I look for, of course, is right and wrong. Okay, yes, for sure. Which is the obvious one. Uh And then you have, okay, you've got two ways that are both right. The second thing I look for is what will be best for my family. Mm -hmm. And that's a principle that I've used for many, many, many years. Somebody told it to me a long time ago. And obviously for someone with a family, this works. It has never failed. You know, that's why I'm here in the Hunter. It was the best decision for my family. There are many other ways, but we will continue talking about them. At this particular time, we're going to listen to Malvinus, another local girl here. Pass me not. O gentle Saviour.
Listening to Malvinus, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Saviour. And what a wonderful message we have in song right there. And may the gentle Saviour not pass any of us today. We have come to that part of our breakfast show where we get to give something away. Mon, what are we giving away today? I love giving stuff away. And we are giving away a book called Life Without Limits. Okay, which is not written by... It's, it's not the one written by Nick, Nick. Javuzabuzer, the guy without um, arms or legs. No. This is this is written by Clifford Goldstein. Okay, now Clifford Goldstein is one of the most intelligent people I have ever met. And funny enough, talking about Jews this morning in our encounter with God, he was a Jew. Is a no, Jew. he is a Jew. He, he a can't Jew. be, was That's a Jew. Right. How do you be, Race was a Jew? 
his religion. Yeah. I keep getting this mixed up. So he is a Jew. Yes. Okay. So a uh, a, a Jewish person, and uh, he he begins his, his 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 premise to this book with a bit of a question. There. I love it. Do I read out? It's actually sure, sure, quite challenging. Ahead. It says, uh-huh. "How would you live differently if you knew that there was more to life than you were seeing? Something wonderful was awaiting you on the road of life, and you are not on this journey by chance, but for a special purpose." I'm sold, man. Yeah. How much would how much of a difference would that make to your life? Now, I like his his um, his his uh, titles to his chapters. His chapters because he's a very creative guy. Mm. And uh, his chapter one is Einstein's brain and then the Clifford Principle. I'm curious about the that Clifford one. Principle. Okay. <laughs> the big freeze or the big church. Zebra in the kitchen. Whistling shrimp. The bottom line, moral dilemma, typhoid Mary, the Henry VIII factor, the great controversy. You've got some good titles right there. I want to read this book right now. I've I want to read, read it book. first, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fantastic. How can people get this book, Lyle? Okay, they need to give us a call and you need to be the first caller through. So if you're not already on the phone, then call right now, 1-800-324-843 or text us on... 0491-064-669. And I feel like we just need to say 1-800-FAITH-FM. I didn't realise that was our number, one. 800 Faith. It's so much easier for people to remember. Just get out your phone and dial 1-800-FAITH-FM. You know, I find that really hard to do. Whenever they, whenever they give those ones, I'm like... Uh, How do you, you spell what? faith? How <laughs> do I spell faith <laughs> with numbers? F-A-I-T-H. <laughs> uh, or you can send us a message on Facebook. We always love to hear from you guys. It's uh, always a little bit less reliable on Facebook because uh, it's quicker to give us a call. So give us a call. And, uh, of course, don't forget our question of the day section. We love to hear your questions. And we would love to put your question up here and answer your question on the uh, breakfast show in the morning and our quiz section, of course. Yeah, congratulations tomorrow. to, was it Marianne? She got a yes. city correct. The city was Jericho. Congratulations right. to her. Absolutely. But stay tuned for tomorrow for our next quiz. Yep. It's going to be another Who Am I? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so there you go. Well, we better not give any too many clues away just yet. Now, Lyle, um, I just wanted to say... It's been a pleasure working with you this morning on oh, a sunny, beautiful so. day. And we have enjoyed your company uh, because we always enjoy your company as our listeners. I'm getting used to this morning thing. And stay tuned for more great programming right after this.
way I always feel when your love melts away my fears For I had been tied, troubled my mistakes I wanted to hide, how could I be alive for you? I'm as light as a bird for you Dreams you put inside, dreams you are deep inside 